Hey guys, it's Matty Allison from the Saints here. Had the pleasure yet again to have a chat to Lockie and Harps about the 2021 season and how my year unfolded. So uh, make sure you have a listen and hopefully enjoy the episode. Cheers, guys. been six months been really looking forward to this the class of 2020 series is back the series that makes everyone feel old makes me feel on the cusp of being old Lockie, you feeling a bit old today how are you feeling mate i'm i'm feeling very old mate this bloke has already achieved more than i have at uh the ripe old 19 years of age yeah and our guest uh that Lockie was alluding to there matty allison from st kilda spoke to him six months ago like i said how are you today matty Going well, thanks, Harps. Good to be back on with you, boys. Feels like uh, feels like forever since we last spoke, but uh, it's good to be back on and have a chat. I know, mate. I'll tell you what. If I had my way, we'd be having weekly podcasts with you, Maddie. And thanks for throwing to me before Harp. I wasn't expecting that. Re- really, really appreciate that. But yeah, we'll start with toast. just the- <laughs> and we'll keep the <laughs> and we'll keep the listeners on the uh, on the toe. So just quickly, twenty twenty one season. It's all done. It's all wrapped. Any any quick reflections on it? Is it- Another challenging year this year, boys. Um, COVID again sort of interrupted everything uh, again, which is which is quite frustrating. Um, reflections on the year, on a team point of view, it was a, it was a disappointing year for us, not making finals. We had pretty high expectations going into the year, probably internally and externally. Um, there's a lot, a lot of noise and going around that. Yeah, we probably could have played finals this year, and um, we just weren't able to live up to that, which is disappointing and. On a personal point of view, it was it was a uh, it was an up and down year for me. Um, you know, with with the VFL season being interrupted and a lot of stop start going on, it um, yeah sort of interrupted my development a little bit. And but I had a positional change this year. I, I went down back, which was a, a great challenge for me. Um, really enjoyed it. Um, it was a, something that I haven't really done much before previously, as I was obviously drafted as a forward. But thoroughly enjoyed the experience, and I'm really looking forward to having a solid preseason this year and learning a lot more about. Um, myself and defensive craft, so it'd be good. Yeah, yeah, and I've been uh, been doing a bit of a deep dive into the VFL stats. One game on the forward flank, I think. One at centre half back, two on the back flank, two at the back pocket, and two on the wing. Uh, took took a while for me to find some VFL stats, but I've got them there. Uh, so, uh, how, how do you reckon you adjusted to the? Well, I mean, you rotated through a diff- few different positions there, but uh, playing as a more defensive player, how, how do you feel you went? You've done well there, Harps, with uh, your research there. <laughs> uh, been all over the we place this year, but yeah, you've done well. Um, look, to be honest, each game I got a lot more confident playing down back. I think I started, I think my first two games I started as a forward and I think I moved to down back about round three or four. Um, I was a little bit nervous because I hadn't done much defensive craft at all and wasn't trained to be a defender during the preseason, so I was a little bit nervous. But throughout the throughout the whole the whole week, um, I did a lot of – throughout the whole year, sorry, I did a, a lot of work with my defensive craft with our head development coach, Jack Batchelor, and with Jake being a, a previous defender himself, um, he was able to pass on a lot of knowledge um, and experience to me as well. Um, we also had Dylan Robertson as well that um, who uh, unfortunately retired this year. He was also doing a bit of coaching with me, um, being a defender himself too. So I think just having having those guys around was, was a big thing for me and, and helped me a lot, but – um, look, I've still got a long way to go with with my defensive craft. I've still got to sort of master a few things, but I think I've got some attributes there that can complement being a defender. And um, so, yeah, look, it's exciting to see what it could eventually turn out to be. But yeah, still still got a long way to go. But I really enjoyed it, boys. 
Yeah, it's always handy having the defensive coaches as previous defenders. I'm sure uh, Batchy and Robertin are looking after you. And so what what was the decision behind that to uh, take you from down in the forward line to play uh, down back? Yeah, I think there was a, a few reasons. Probably two notable ones was, I think, just to get an experience of, of what it's like playing as a backman. Um, I think also just more, add some more strengths to my bow. Um, I think with you know, being quite a tall player, um, to have a bit of versatility in your game can be quite useful and, and handy. So to be able to play at, at either end, um, yeah, can can sort of throw some ideas to the coaches um, around the team sheet, which is good. But I think it was also – I was sort of struggling a little bit as a forward um, early days just with my, my leading patterns and um, I, I suppose not playing for 12 months as well. It probably just thought it was all going to happen for me. And the idea of also going down back was to give me an idea on what playing on other forwards is like and you can sort of get an understanding of what's a good and bad lead. And um, So then, you know, I'm not sure when I'll go back forward, but when I do, I can sort of – Take take what I've learnt from uh, playing down back into to when I go back forward. So um, yeah, that were probably the two reasons why why the position change was made. Yeah, uh, on the on the last episode where you spoke to us, and I do encourage people to uh, listen to that one if they haven't already. The last one with Matty Elson, class of 2020. But you said uh, you play as a lead up high half forward, use your running ability. Uh, you've played on a wing a bit, but the Saints are looking to use you as a defender. But you feel most confident and like you'll have the best impact as a high half forward. So if you, if you're having a game tomorrow, hypothetically, uh, do you think you'd have the best impact as a kind of typical high half forward like you used to be or a defender like you are now? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question, to be honest. I haven't really thought of it. Uh, I haven't really thought about it like that, to be honest. Um, probably because I've just been spending so much time down back. I, you know, I, I'm not sure, not really sure how to answer that. Um, like I, I, I know I did say I felt most comf- uh, comfortable as that forward, but I think now with with spending the whole year down back and getting a feel of what it's like. And I feel, like I said before, some of my attributes could really complement myself being a really good defender. I, I might sort of have to change that perception now, Harps, and go, I think I feel most comfortable as a back. And um, purely that's be- just because I've learned, uh, just because I've spent the whole year down there. And I think, I feel like if I go to go back down forward, I'll probably forget everything that I've, I've learned previously. So, um, yeah, I think I think playing at half back is, is something that I feel most comfortable now. Yeah. Is that so you can say back six get chicks? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, no, you, you know, you'd be surprised. A lot of people, we've got a because obviously we've got a pretty tight back backs unit at the Saints, and we always bring that up within team meetings. We always go <laughs> back six get the chicks, and we always like to have a little gag about it. Um, yeah. Maybe it has something to do with that. Nah, right, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, though, so back v, so is back now your favourite position because there's a difference between the position that you play best in and which one you like the most. Okay, and this is another one I get asked frequently: is you know what's your favourite position? And to be honest, like I honestly don't have a favourite position. Like I'm just, I don't know. I'm just because I'm, you know, I've wanted this opportunity for so long to be on an AFL list. I'm just grateful to be playing wherever. Like you could. Start me in the ruck for all I care. Like I'm just just so happy to be out there, just playing the game I love. You know, to call to call um, to call myself an AFL player and say it's a full time job. That you know, just so grateful to be able to say that. So I don't honestly don't have a favourite position. Um, wherever I'm needed to play, I'll just fulfil the role and and just put have a smile on my face. Whatever I'm whatever I'm doing. So oh yeah, mate, we love that attitude. And you've been uh, kind of talking about alluding to 
all the stuff you've learned over the year, uh, being in the back six under Jake Batchelor and Dil- Dylan Robertson and those type of guys, what are some specific things that you reckon you've really uh, kind of developed as strength- strengths in your game as a defender? Well, I think um, sort of when we touched base sort of six months ago, it sort of highlighted that uh, running was, was a big part of my game and I really like to try and use that uh, off the halfback uh, in particularly try to run off and really sort of break the game open with my with my speed and endurance. So I think that's probably a big asset of mine, um, playing as that at halfback in particular. And I think also just my skills as well, sort of with the with that run and, and endure, with that speed and endurance, just having the, the mixture, being able to use the ball really well by foot, I think is really important as well, especially if I'm going to be that sort of running halfback. And um, I think they're two sort of big attributes of mine and I'm slowly starting to really develop my intercept game as well, um, intercept marking capability. So um, I think that, you know, once once I really, you know, I haven't quite nailed that yet, but I think once I really get down that down pat, I think that'll also be a big strength of mine going forward. Yeah, awesome. Can't wait to watch Maddie absolutely clunking marks in the future down back. And and so for our listeners who haven't heard our last episode, so we established that there is a chance that Harper and Maddie might have played on each other in under 12. So we know that Maddie was well prepared for senior footy playing on the likes of Harper who would have probably run rings around everybody in junior footy harps knowing you. But how was that step up to senior football like in terms of playing against men in the VFL and just in training in AFL? I'll just quickly touch base on the, the harp with uh, the points about harp. I think if I'm, I think harp's probably think, probably licking his lips, knowing if I'm playing down back on him and he's playing as a forward, he's probably due to twenty on me. So probably he's probably licking his lips at the moment. Harps. That'll be twenty more than I ever kicked in my career. So yeah, I, I just, I just, uh, you got every right to be licking your lips as well, Harp. So I, I, every right. Um, yeah. Look, it was a it was a massive step up for me going virtually from not playing any footy at all last year straight into VFL, and it, I think it's like I mentioned before about when I started as a forward. It probably just took me a few games to really find my feet again. Um, you don't realise how great of an impact um, not playing for twelve months does have on you. Yeah, it it's it's quite extraordinary to be honest because it's sort of the first time in my my career where I've missed so much footy because I've been pretty lucky with with injury touch wood that continues. Um, so it was a bit of a struggle and, and I've still been quite a light frame as well. It was just adjusting to the bigger bodies and and even you've got to be a lot smarter in senior footy as well. It's it's quite amazing how how much you really get a good, greater idea of how much the mental side in footy um, plays a part in, in, in how, how things go, I suppose. And you've got to be switched on 100% of the time because there's it's quite amazing. You make so many decisions when you're out on the ground um, and to, to continually make great decisions, you've got to be mental, mentally stable and, and capable. So uh, it was a big step up, boys, and it took me a while. But, um, yeah, overall, towards the second half of the year, I was, I was pretty happy. So just got to continue that going into this preseason and, and hopefully can, can play some AFL senior footy next year. Yeah, wow. It's really interesting hearing like your reflections, you know, having listened to your episode from the uh, um, early in the year recently and then just hearing you speak now, isn't it, Harps? It's really interesting, the different sort of perspective. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, but the VFL, it was probably one of the most affected seasons of any footy competition ever. Like that, that VFL season was just crazy. I think uh, Saints only played like nine games or something in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so talk us through the kind of inner... inner um, 
the uh, conversations internally that were going on at Sandringham or the Saints or whatever uh, around like this constant stop-start thing and how it just must have completely disrupted your flow and everything. It was it was super frustrating um, because yeah you you weren't sure you're going to every game not knowing if the game was going to get up or not um, and you but the thing is you know we're a pretty resilient group at the Saints and um, everyone just prepared as if they were going to play even though. There probably there was a possibility that you weren't going to play at all, um, so we we just tried to stay as, as as focused and as committed to the task ahead as as we could, and um, you know we'd still 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 do things normally like you know review the game, preview the game. We'd still train as normally as if we we're going to play, um, but in saying that, you know I'd be lying if I said it wasn't frustrating. Um, it, it did take its toll a little bit, um, and especially for someone like myself who, who really needed to get some games into him to um, really sort of develop myself as a footballer and and develop myself physically too. Um, I really needed to play. So, but I think it's full credit to the to all the boys that, particularly the ones that were sort of regularly playing VFL, the way they handled it because it it was um, it was quite taxing. But um, yeah, hopefully next year. There can be some normality, and um, the VFL can can uh, not have an interrupted season. Yeah, I can really feel that because for you, mate, you've been you've put in two massive pre seasons, both at AFL and your pre draft year, getting yourself in preparation of playing football. Now you've, prob- you've probably probably including practice matches under fifteen games in two years, no injuries, just out due to COVID. I mean, how frustrated does that actually make you? And also, does it make you a little bit sort of worried that you have? like players in other states are getting that for two years have had regular footy due to the fact that they haven't been like COVID affected, like, you know, in South Australia and Western Australia. Yeah, definitely. It, it does. I definitely see that point uh, that you're saying, uh, Lockie, about, you know, it, it is it is extremely frustrating when you see guys from SA and WA getting regular footy and not having interrupted seasons. You, you just, you feel like, you just feel... I mean, it, the other thing as well, it's out of out of your control, so it's not it's not like I can I can do much about it. But it is it is extremely frustrating because I feel like I've got a lot to offer as well, and to not be able to show that is yeah, it's it uh, it, it like I said before, it just it's take it takes its toll a little bit. But um, you know, like I said before, we're a really resilient group at the Saints, and um, you know, we, we've we've had some real challenges this year with with going to the hubs and and things like that. So um, we've been able to adjust to things really well. But um, yeah, it was probably I reckon it was about a four or five week period where I was starting to really play some good footy and was starting to really get some continue continuum in my footy. Um, and I was really really pleased with my progress the way I was going. And um, then we yeah, and then we then it was shut down for the rest of the year, which was really disappointing because. I felt like I might have been a chance to obviously push my case. So, but uh, that's life. That's that's just the, the the world we're living in at the moment. You just got to be able to adjust to whatever's thrown at you, especially with this COVID situation. So, yeah, geez, that sounds mm. r- really tough. And I'd often know though, so because there'd be a lot of Vic kids over the last two years that haven't played much footy, they haven't been drafted yet. So going into this year's 2020, uh, 2021 draft, like, do you think this might affect their development in the fact that they haven't really been able to play their bottom age and top age years? Oh, definitely, for sure. Um, you know, I, I know exactly what those uh, the, the, the boys who are eligible for the draft this year are going going through at the moment. It's um, it's quite stressful and challenging because, yeah, yeah, you just don't know when when things are going to continue and or resume or, or whether the season's going to go ahead at all. Um, I think the the great thing for the boys this year is they've still been able to play at least sort of eight or nine games. Um, 
throughout this year, whereas last year I only sort of played two. So I think I think it's probably something that I can probably say to the boys who are eligible this year is you probably only need a good eight or nine games in you for recruiters to go, yep, yeah, you know, this kid's good enough. And and that was probably the – that's probably the advantage they probably got over some of the, the 2020 boys last year um, is they've still been able to get some games in and even some um, sort of big metro games too. Um, you know, recruiters have been able to sort of – dictate whether they've been good enough against sort of the big country, SA, WA boys, whoever. So, um, but I, I think the advice I would just give to some of the boys this year is just keep keep training. Although, you know, it's it's, it's probably going to be tough with motivation. Just keep keep working at it and I'm sure results will come because oh, that's all I did last year and, you know, I was extremely fortunate to get the opportunity. So you'd be surprised if you just stick at it, what, what the result and outcome can be. Yeah, I mean, people are going to get the opportunity, I guess. It's just whoever kind of works hardest and gets the most motivated in these challenging times that it's going to all uh, pay off for. But you were speaking about that kind of run or run of four or five games there in the VFL. I've dug deep again, boys. I've gone up to the VFL Stats <laughs> website, having a look here. You had a pretty good game against Aspley in round six. Uh Oh, well, by the look at the stats, uh, you know what your performance was like. Ten kicks, four <laughs> handballs, six marks, got your marking game going, which was good. You reckon that was your standout performance of the season or am I uh, just looking at, looking into the stats too much? Pro- to be honest, I reckon a few of those, I reckon two or three of those marks are uncontested for you. Just a couple of cheekies <laughs> off, off half back. Um, that was actually a really, really good win that day. Um we we went up to us. We we actually went up the morning of up to Brisbane. It was about a six a.m. flight, and then um, we had to fly back that night too. So that was that was quite a great win. Um, just knowing that that we had to be up so early and, and had to fly in and out. It was about a four hour trip all up. Um, you know, two hours there, two hours back. To be honest, I, I didn't feel that was my best game uh, for the year. I felt my game against Collingwood was was probably my best game. Um, Purely because I felt like um, I had a real strong defensive impact. It wasn't re- wasn't really more how I went uh, sort of with my stats. It was more how I went defensively. I felt like I really was uh, really accountable to my man. Um, sort of got a few spoils in and a few uncont- a few um, intercept marks, which I've really been working towards throughout the whole year. So um, I felt like that was my best game, boys. The Collingwood one. We got done, unfortunately, but purely just because of the defensive craft that was sort of on show during the game. Yeah. Geez, I'm loving this harp. So you're going to give Chew Man from Triple M a run for his money with all these stats, mate. You'll be best in the business harp of Pestinger. You heard it here first. And obviously that form started to get a bit of reward. So we saw that you were named emergency a couple of times, uh, including in round 23. Now, we'd want to know, how close were you to debut? Were you the next cab off the rank? How close were you, Maddie? Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was emergency, yeah, emergency three times this year. Um, so I was... I think I was just straight emergency for the West Coast game. We played West Coast over in Perth. I was just a normal emergency, but there was a game against the Swans and then, as you mentioned, the, the last game against Freo where I was carryover emergency. So I think I was probably more close for the Freo game because I was the only carryover emergency that was taken to Hobart. Um, so, yeah, if someone, someone uh, uh, got injured or whatever, I would have been, would have been in. Um, so, yeah, look, it was really nice to – to obviously be in the mix to potentially play. And I think I've said to a few people now um, that, you know, it's just giving me more drive and motivation going into this preseason that if I can sort of nullify a few areas in my game that I have um, that I need to improve it, um, you know, there's always an opportunity that I could potentially be playing some senior footy next year. So and that's what I want to be doing, of course. So, um, you know, obviously I got close boys, but just not close enough, which is 
it's you know it was disappointing, but there's always something to work towards going this preseason. Yeah. It's been causing a bit of controversy, uh, especially kind of in the lead-up to the season. People debuting or debuting as Medi-Sub but not coming on the field but getting their game uh, added to their stats. How would you have felt if you made your debut uh, sitting on the bench for the <laughs> for the whole two hours? It would be, be very interesting, Harps, to be honest. Um, I know a couple of boys that have done that this year. One of my teammates, actually, Coop Sharman, was med- medical sub for the – for the West Coast game and, and didn't come on, um, as well as my good mate Connor Downey in round one who was medical sub for the Hawks and, and didn't play. Look, it would have been very interesting, especially if that was the only opportunity I was given all year and um, people could sort of go back and look, oh, you played a game this year. But it was like, oh, didn't get on the ground. <laughs> so it would have been extremely interesting. Um, I can't say I'd be, yeah, I mean, I'd just be grateful that I'd been given the opportunity in the first place, but it'd just be be awkward sort of telling people who didn't watch the game um, that, yeah, I actually never got on the ground. So, <laughs> But um, luckily for Cooper and Connor, they got their opportunities later on in the year, so um, which was good. Geez, you boys just described my junior career, not getting on the ground. Cheers, boys, for bringing that up. <laughs> oh, lucky. Why'd you do that, Harps? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, speak, speaking about like being an emergency just from before, what what's your how are you feeling before games because you could get the call up like minutes before the ball's bounced and like tra- being the only traveling emergency stuff like that how are you feeling deep down is there like a nagging thing that you kind of want wanting someone to roll their ankle in the warm up so <laughs> <laughs> you can get on the field? Uh, oh look, I never, especially upon my teammates, I never wish that upon them. Um, but I think you just got to you just got to uh, prepare as if you're going to play. Um, and just do the things that you would do going into a game because, like you said, Harps, you know, things can change. You know, you can be told five minutes before that, yeah, you'd be playing. So you just – you go about things very normally. Um, you know, I was uh, – there was times where I had to sort of get my gear on just in case I was actually going to play. So you'd, you'd probably – you'd do the warm-up just in case you, you um, someone does, you know, does have an injury before the game. But um, – yeah, there is a little bit of nerves because, you know, but I think it's also probably a good thing because say if I am told sort of five minutes before that I'm playing, you sort of have less time to think about the nerves and what you've got to do sort of going into the game. Whereas if you're told sort of two or three days before that you're going to play, you sort of you sort of think about it, you probably think about it too too many too much than probably what you should. So whereas if you get told hey, five minutes, hey, Matty, you're going to play, it's like, okay, less time to think about it. I can just go straight on the ground and play. So... But um, yeah, it was it was definitely it was it was it was a great experience for me though. I really got to see what it was like, um, sort of pre-game and what the boys get up to, um, you know, what, what, yeah, what, sort of how they prepare for the game uh, leading into it. So hopefully, it'll give me a bit of experience potentially if I get an opportunity next year. Geez, I know that we joked about off air about a five-hour deep dive, but I'll tell you what, we're, we're just about getting it, boys. This is very good analysis. I'm loving this from both you, Harps and Maddie. So, cheers for that. Loving the depth to these uh, questions and answers. And so now it's it's the off season, mate. I know that we're all stuck in lockdown and complying to the rules, of course. So, uh, what, what are you getting up to over the couple of weeks that you have off before going back to footy? Yeah, I've, I've sort of been off for about two or three weeks now. Um, it's quite hard to believe. Like doesn't really feel like an off-season at all, um, being stuck at home. But 
like I sort of mentioned off air, I'm, I'm really cracking into uni a bit uh, over this off season, sort of trying to get two or three subjects done before I head back. We've got a fair bit of time off. I don't have to go back till the 22nd of November. So um, I've started my training again as well, sort of a couple of weeks into that. Um, so with gym and started running a bit as well, which is good. So I've been trying to get into the club a bit. We've, we've been given a uh, license to, to head into the club and, sort of get in the gym and it's been good to see a few familiar faces as well but I think when things start to open up a bit hopefully you know hopefully that's sooner rather than later I'll, I will look to sort of get out of Melbourne and try and get away from 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 home a bit um, just to get a bit of a mental break um but yeah like I said who knows when that'll be it might not even happen at all but um yeah I'll try and keep it as busy as possible boys especially during lockdown but it might be a bit challenging I can't sit on my can't sit on my ass for too long I've I've got to be always doing something <laughs> <laughs> no anyway, good chance to get out for a picnic today uh dad just let us all do that very very exciting times going to have a picnic in the park but uh like kind of Reflecting on the St Kilda season as a whole now, uh, obviously you weren't like a core part of the uh, 22, but what what were the um, uh, kind of internal conversations, like I was speaking about internal conversations again, But because uh, there were some good wins uh, in there, like one against Sydney comes to mind, but there were also some pretty bad losses, pretty inconsistent seasons. So what was the chat around the club like during those uh, kind of bad losses times? Yeah, it was a it was a disappointing year overall. Um, you know, we we didn't you know we we didn't want to finish tenth. We wanted to be playing finals, and we felt like internally that we 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 had the capability and group to 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 go on and play finals and win be you know be a winning finals team as well. Um, you know, yeah, things didn't go our way with injury. We we lost a few players throughout the year, which you know, some of our key core members um, we lost throughout the year, which was which was you know disappointing. But you know, we, we didn't want to blame injuries for the year we had. Yeah, we 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 had some real uh, we had a lot of inconsistent games this year. So to look back to our first half of the year, we you know we had some real bad losses, um, which was yeah it was tough. It was really tough review reviewing those games um but we went up to sydney um you know we, we went up there the sort of middle of the year just before the buy uh just because lock, lockdown happened so they sent us up to sydney and we had a we had a massive review of our sort of first half of the year and we had some really honest and challenging chats which, which has sort of been well documented as well what what was sort of spoken about and I think after those chats, things really, really um, sort of clicked and changed. You know, I think you look at our second half of the year, we had a really strong second half of the year. We played some really good footy and we knocked off some sides who are, you know, who are, who, who end up playing finals. So um, I think for Saints fans, they should get a really, should have a bit of hope going into next season, what they saw towards the second half, because that second half of the year, it's, was really positive and I think if we can really build on that going into the prairie season next year, we should be back contending and you know, back playing finals. So um, just stay up. All I'll say to the Saints fans is just stay stay hopeful and uh, get behind us because, um, yeah, I think there's something really building uh, at the moment. Yeah. yeah, and they'll put big Matty Allison into the side and you'll absolutely dominate. <laughs> I love it, mate. And what are your 2022 goals? Oh, I'd love to – I'd love to play um, – I'd be lying if I said that wasn't my biggest goal. Um, I'd love to get an opportunity, you know, whether that's, you know, early in the year, middle of the year, that doesn't really phase me. I'd, I'd love to be playing early though. Um, so that's, that, that'd be the biggest one for me is getting that senior, senior game. But I think, I think just really working on some of the areas that I'm sort of working on at the moment, which is um, some, just my defensive craft and, and my physical capability. So it's putting on more weight and just making sure that I'm, 
able to play as a traditional defender. Um, so they're probably the two big ones. And then just probably what I mentioned six months ago, just still being a really good teammate and a really good person as well. Um, I think that's really important. So, yeah, I'll, that'll be my clear focuses going into 2022. Yeah, that's awesome, T. And if everything goes to plan, uh, it's just going to be uh, rising the whole time for you. Your um, kind of uh, your skill level and everything like that as a footy player. But yeah, during this past this season just gone, were there times where you felt perhaps you might have been a bit stiff not to make the side? Uh, it's probably going to happen more and more as the years go on. But were there times where you felt maybe a bit unlucky not to get a spot in the twenty-two? To be honest, not. Not particularly because sort of going into the year, um, there wasn't a lot of sort of expectation I'm going to come in and, and have an impact, although I'd, I was really hoping I'd get an opportunity this year. Um, yeah, I was, they were sort of laid out to me that, you know, it was, it was sort of just all this year as a development year for me. Um, it was, you know, especially when I was getting a little bit closer, I was, you know, starting to play my mind a little bit and I was getting a little bit excited to the fact that I could be potentially playing. Um, but like I said before, um, just knowing that I got close to playing a game this year, it's just going to give me even more motivation over this preseason to crack in and, and hopefully get that opportunity. Um, you know, I felt if I was to get an opportunity this year, it was probably just to come, you know, probably I didn't think I really deserved the opportunity. I think it was more just because of some of the injuries we had and we did have a lot of injuries this year. You know, there were times where we only had sort of had 24, 25 blokes available um, because, yeah, we are just – smacked with injury which was which, which was hard so I feel like I really want to deserve my opportunity um so hopefully like I said next year I can all this preseason really crack in and work hard and then deserve it next year yeah mate awesome that awesome attitude to have <clears throat> now over this preseason are there give us three particular things that you want to work on that you think will take you to that next level um I think the the defensive craft will be well, yeah, defensive craft will probably be my number one, followed by putting on some more size and being a bit more physical. I think uh, sort of sort of with my height, I'm sort of playing as that third tall. I'm not really playing as that key position tall, but you just got to be able to be physical as a defender. You, you just can't let your man get separation from you, and you know you, you're judged on how many how many kicks and how many goals you, your man has. So if I can nullify my man and keep him to not many touches and, and no goals. Um, that's yeah, you know, that's that's what a defender wants to be known as. So they're, they're probably the two areas, and then I think I've, I really want to sort of um, being a second year player, and I'm starting to feel a lot comfortable around the group now. So I really want to start sort of showing a bit more leadership qualities. I do sort of see myself as someone that could potentially be a leader down the track, and so hopefully developing those skills, using my voice a bit more, and because like I said, I'm a lot more comfortable around the group now. So, um, and I think it's really important for young guys to really drive leadership within the club because hopefully it will sort of um, encourage some of the older boys that aren't in the leadership group to speak up more or whatever. So um, they'll be the three things I really focus on. Yeah. Yeah, and out of contract at the end of the 2022 season. So uh, in your exit meeting or anything like that, did the coaches talk about specific things you need to do that, uh, earn that contract or was it just kind of what you said before? No, it was kind of what I said before. Pretty much they sort of just spoke about things that I need to work on um, going into next year, there wasn't really anything spoken about contract stuff. So, um, and yeah, I, I probably didn't expect anything to be spoken about with regards to my contract. I think, I think first and foremost, I just want to see me play a bit more because it's, um, and then we'll probably maybe look at talking about that later on. So, 
um, hopefully get some footy in next year and um, be able to show my capabilities and then that will sort of sort of take care of itself, I think. But, no, not really worried about that yet, boys. Um, just worried about <laughs> getting out there, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, Haas, we're just trying to have a nice little chat and then you've <laughs> – all good, Haas. I love it, no, mate. I love, I love it. And, I like, and now our last one is uh, – your life philosophy. So last time, so we had to listen back through and it was no one's perfect. Is it, is it the same or have you picked up maybe some, another little quote that you like to live by? No, I reckon that's still the same, Lockie. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's just the perfect one because yeah, it's just so true and um, doesn't matter if, you know, look at it in a footy sense, doesn't matter if you're winning Brownlows or premierships or Norm Smiths or, you know, sitting on the bottom of the ladder and, and just sort of going through the motions. It, no one is perfect. We've all got flaws in our personalities and, um, you know, that's that's just the way it is um, in life. So, no, there hasn't, I haven't, you know, I haven't really thought about too many other philosophies, um, to be honest. <laughs> I reckon it's, um, I, yeah, it's just the perfect one. It's just, I don't know, it's always re- resonated with me just because it's so true, I suppose. So, um, doesn't matter how good of a person you are, like you, you've still... There can always be something in your life that, or something in your personality that's, you know, you can always improve. So, yeah, I love it. I'm sure back six mm-hmm. get chicks is a close second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one for the deep thick is that one. But th- thanks for coming on. Thanks to our listeners for tuning in. Uh, Lockie, you got anything else to? say before we let it go nah, i just want to say thanks so much for coming on and thank you so much for the listeners for tuning in catch you next week or tomorrow <laughs> or tomorrow or tomorrow with the next class of 2021 it'll be good uh see you then thanks for coming on maddie no nah, thanks so much boys been a pleasure